I'm gonna start this one like Joey Diaz, okay? Okay. Oh shit! <laughs> you listen here, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Bill has got the itis. I got the itis, bro. Are you ready? Uh, Six times five. What? Six times five. Thirty, bro. Come at me. See, you're good, bro. <laughs> the grease hasn't hit your mathematical oh, capacitors yet. Yes, internet. How can I help you? I ate supper at Camp 31 today for my dad's birthday. And like, oh my god. Oh, this is going to be good. Wait for it. I'm going to vote that it's not good. Was that good? You reacted as though it were good, so I'm assuming it was good. Ooh, uh, it sounds kind of like I can't even think. Like I'm trying to be like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> That's fine. I'm hopped up. I got um, lots of fun shit to talk about. Come find us or don't. <laughs> <laughs> we should change the name of the show. When we hit 150 episodes, that's gonna be the name of the show. Come find us or don't. Yeah. All right. Pre- preferably don't. I don't like being interrupted. All as one word, all lowercase. Oh, and then we'll put a dot at the front of it, like that shitty band with the guy who sings way too high who like fun or whatever it wasn't fun it was dot fun lowercase really i think so that's really stupid i know i'm not- old though i don't know a whole lot about music anymore uh, that's okay that's okay <laughs> there's not a lot of good shit to listen to out there oh yeah there is no, there's not. No, okay. there's really no man. You know what's even worse to listen to? Whatever music you think is really awesome, listening to you try to explain to me why it's really good. Donna no, Summer. Like- Donna Summer is the most recent band that I'll I'll listen to. Where I'm like, bro, these guys have really complicated guitar, really airy, high-pitched vocals, and screaming, and a drummer that shouldn't be playing for them because he's too good. That's like my... A metal drummer so good, he shouldn't even be playing with this band. That's do, you, my, do you remember? I think we were in high school, or just out of it, when like that whole like scene thing was really big. Yeah. Now, Dude. I, I would like to know. I fell into that trap in a big way. Were you a scene kid? But No, you weren't. Dude, in college, I dyed my hair black. Oh, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> But I just, I just, like, I didn't go full scene though. I didn't go like hot topic scenes. Oh no, I'm, I'm like, I mean the people who are like committed. I wonder what the percentage. Nope. If we set the over under at sixty five percent, yeah. How many of those motherfuckers absolutely regret giving their life to that? Okay, first of all, I don't understand how over unders work. I always pretend I do when I'm in good company because then yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I totally know what that means. Let's bet on the fights, bro. So the fact that you are telling me you don't know what that means but you say you pretend you do when you're in good company am i left to believe that i'm not, i'm i'm bad company i'll tell you what bro you can be left to believe whatever the fuck you want to so believe. well i'm <laughs> over so if we set the over under at 65 percent yeah of people who were like balls deep in that scene thing how many of them regret that they were that way if you take the over that means you believe more than 65 percent of them regret that aspect of their lives oh okay and if you take the under that means you believe that under Oh, over for sure then. At 65%? Yeah, I'd say probably over. Definitely. Yeah. The problem too is there was only like, top of my head, three good bands that actually came out of that mess. What were they? 
Alexis on Fire, Taking Back Sunday, and Brand New. Oh. Yeah. I've listened and to Taking one Back Sunday things. only like, yeah, a little bit, and maybe if you're a little bit drunk and it's summer. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember the guy from Crack.com, Michael Swaim, had a little like series on YouTube in the early days of YouTube called yeah. Crack TV. Was it? No. Uh, was it Crack TV? I can't remember now. It's been too long. And uh, it was almost like it was like the BuzzFeed countdown videos, but but like a video uh, rather than just shitty articles um, back before BuzzFeed ruined that whole genre for everybody. But uh, what's that writing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Um, he, and, and he had like the, the worst uh, the worst music videos of the worst bands of all time. And there was this one band called Broken Side. Oh, that sounds terrible. B r o k e n c y d e. Oh no! Was there rap involved? It was. I don't even know what you'd call it. It starts off with this like, and you're like, oh, okay, this might go somewhere. And then Buddy's just like, and then the oh, I think you oh sent them to me. And the, and the singing was so bad that you wondered whether <laughs> it, it was like the auto tune couldn't even keep up with them. I think you sent that to me. Oh, I do that every once in a while. It's like it's like screamo, but with like the boom, 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 yeah. And then the boom. one dude, he sounded like he sounded like the first take from that share song. If you <laughs> like, it was like the first take that they said no cut. We'll start from the beginning. Yeah, that's what his auto tune sounded like. It was awful. Oh man, awful. And then there was like. These like just really like regular girls dancing in the video and everything like that, and that I was way too young to think this. I was way too young to think this, but I remember looking at that and just being like, "Oh man, I wonder how disappointed those girls' dads are right now to be oh, like, yeah. how much did you get paid to be in that video? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> oh no!" And that was their best song. Oh, that was terrible. Um. Question. Okay. Uh, why, why do you like Factorio so much? Okay. Okay. Why do I like Factorio so much? Look, he's looking off like a politician. Curly, we need to set up a third mic. No. Okay. I'm going... So we've... You and I have a thing, and I think we've discussed it on the podcast before, where... I mean, I like good games, and... I'll tell people... No, you don't. How many first-person World War II shooters do you have? I just bought... Rising Storm 2 Vietnam. That's not World War II, is it? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like two decades off. Is there lasers in it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no space guns, bro. So we have this thing where I'll tell people to try shit or I'll say I really like shit. But I'll, I will reserve my guarantee or, yes. or, or I'll stake my reputation on to. it. And I'm what, five for five with you? Oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think I could be any stronger. I'll do this for the internet. With a caveat. Uh-huh. So I will stake my reputation on the fact that Factorio is an absolutely amazing game. With the caveat that your style of games has to be something like... Like if you enjoyed Stardew Valley or if you enjoyed um, Age of Empires or Banished or RimWorld. Yep. So that kind of open, like sandboxy, resource maintenance kind of game. Yeah. If you're all about like Five Nights at Freddy's or Call of Duty or something like that, and that's your jam, well then, of course, Factorio is not going to be yeah. for you. But it does all the things that Age of Empires, Stardew Valley, um, you know, all the RimWorld, well, RimWorld's fucking amazing. You'll never touch that game. But um, all those things, they were all had like a fatal flaw. 
Seven Days to Die, one of my favorite games of all time. It, the fatal fly is, and you don't know when it's coming. It's just like, you know, if you have like just this ticking time bomb aneurysm in your head and you're just, you know, driving to work like you do every other day and all of a sudden just, and then you're done. <laughs> That's what happens. There's a kill switch on all those games. I was talking about it earlier today about uh, Stardew Valley, how that game was just so homey and warm and fuzzy and just felt so good to play. And I remember being at work, just, you know, having one of those days at work where it's just like, I can't wait till I fucking get home tonight and I'm going to play some Stardew Valley. You get in your, you get in your like little jammies, your footed jammies with the zip ups, the bunny ears on top, because that's what I wear when I play video games. Yeah. And, um, you know, you get your warmed milk. You get your warmed milk that's with some, gross. some nutmeg on it. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to play games like a gentleman tonight. Yeah. And then you start up Stardew Valley. <laughs> and you wake up, and you know, it's always the same. You wake up and you get out of bed, very, a lot like life. And then you get out the door and you're like, I gotta pick all these motherfucking carrots again, son? And then you just, you look at how much time's left in the day, and the game saves at the end of the day. And you're like, can I make it to the end of the day? And there's 97% of the day left. And you're like, fuck this. And you just alt, alt F for it. You don't even do the traditional exit. And then there you will stay in stasis for the next four months until you get that itch again. You bring it open and have the same realization on the same doorstep. Because that's Fuck what happens to me banished. There's no end game. Yeah. Factorio has an end game. You have to launch a rocket, which is a very you know basic thing. Oh, I got to launch a rocket. But at least it gives you something. Like Seven Days to Die is a fun game, but the end game is when you get sick of it. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you can't get sick of Factorio, but just like the problem with Stardew Valley where it's like, oh, I can make it till midnight and the game autosaves. But... At 10 in the morning, that's way too long. I'm not fucking through all this. Yeah. So it has an end game. So I've always said to you, all those games that I love, they all have the same problem. They don't have an end game. Factorio has that. It has the slow plotting build that I seem to love so much. Um, and it, the way you basically control how efficient you are. That's like how you make things. Because basically... Quick overview, you land on this planet completely wide open. Now, you can see on the screen up there that it's running, they're probably like 15% into the game here. Okay. They're just starting. So there's iron, there's copper, there's wood, there's water, there's oil and stone. And I think I'm missing one other, but let's just leave it at that. And you need to mine the ore out of the ground, get the water out of the uh, ocean, get the oil out of the ground, and use that to make secondary, tertiary, quadrate items. So you can sit there and smack the ore with your pickaxe and make that into a plate in the furnace, but it's going to take you forever. So what you do is you get enough iron and then you build an automatic mining machine that mines the iron for you. And then you got to put that into the furnace. Well, you can't keep running back and forth and doing that. So you build a conveyor belt and these little automated inserters that do it. Mm. And eventually, over the course of a couple hours, this completely open green landscape is just loaded with all your little creations that are all just humming away and doing stuff for you. So it does the monotonous tasks for you. So it lightens that burden of where you're just like, yeah. fuck, I got to harvest the corn again. And... The nice thing is, is that as you build more things or cut more trees down or mine more oil, you create pollution. And you can see on the map as the pollution spreads. And then what will happen is the aliens that inhabit the planet that you landed on start to get pissed off. And they come to kill you and destroy all your shit because you're fucking up their planet. You're the space rock. 
in this example. Yeah. So, and as time builds, they start building these little spawners to make more of themselves and to make stronger versions of themselves. So not only are you racing against your own ability to mine everything and create everything, but you're also having to kind of race against their advancement because they do get powerful enough where they just start off as being, you know, just nuisances, time wasters. Yep. Then they become a little bit of an annoyance because it pulls you away from whatever you're doing. And then if left unchecked and they get too close because they creep, and all of a sudden you'll just be like, ah, there's a couple alien nodes way, way, way off in the distance. And then you have cause to bring your map up again like two hours later and it's like, holy fuck, where'd all these aliens come from? And now they're everywhere. Yeah. And they're just encircling you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you'll see the little flash where it's like, this area is under attack. And you go and look and you're just overrun. It, it just scratches that itch. So if you like any of those games I mentioned, like Age of Empires, Stardew Valley, Banish, RimWorld... If you liked any of those games enough to get into the double digits of hours played and hearing the names of those games are like, yeah, that's a pretty good game. I did like that. You absolutely will not be disappointed with Factorio. Okay, it's, so it's in my top five games of all time, firmly and completely. Here's my follow-up question. Okay. Uh, Banished, for me, was... It almost like had a... It was less a game that I wanted to play like ambiently and it filled like a specific void mm -hmm. and it was like it, it's it's sunday afternoons in late autumn yeah or like the early winter my kid just went down i got the a music tea. is so nice there's just nothing going on curly i think it's curly's uh metaphor but he described a game as like a warm fuzzy sweater once mm -hmm. if it wasn't curly i'm attributing it to him all right but that's that's what i get from banished that's what i get from RimWorld. Um, that's what I, that's what Factorio is again, where, so Curly and I have a multiplayer server, which is nice because you don't need a dedicated server. It's not like you exit and then it's gone. Um, if he were to boot up his multiplayer server and start playing on it, it would save all the changes he made, whether I'm on it or not, but, oh. but he can, so he has his own solo game. I have my own solo game. And when we are on together and we both have time to give to it, he boots up the multiplayer server, and then I get in there, and we pick up exactly where we left off. So it, it's just, it's so, it is perfect at everything it's supposed to be. Again, if you're like a Call of Duty guy, or you really love the Final Fantasy series, and you're about story and RPGs, there's none of that. Yeah. It's not a sexy game. They're, like The graphics are very basic. It's not first person. It's top down. Um, but it, it does what it does so well. And yeah. And I, I honestly, I'm, I'm addicted to it. Like, I probably send Curly with 45 messages a day. Hey, is the bench busy? <laughs> because it's one of those games that if the bench is quiet, you can pop it up here. Yeah. For sure. And it's one of those things, too, that if, you know, you got to go take a dump or you got to go, you know, let the dogs out or something or a customer comes in the store, you can idle for 10, 15 minutes and then the other guy just keeps everything going, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, if you have 20 bucks kicking around, you you couldn't spend it better anywhere else other than like buying me food or booze or something. Speaking of uh, games that do what they do's, they do what they do really well. Uh, Storium, mm. I found like okay. Can I ask you a question first of all? Is that, uh, no. That's Coke Zero, correct? I think so. So Coke, does it taste like regular Coke? Yes, it does. Eh, it does. Because I never pick it up because I'm like, there's no way that tastes like actual Coke, and I drink Diet Coke. Which is probably killing me. Well, it probably Coke Zero is probably going to kill you too. The only like I'm not like I mean, if I was worried about my my weight and health, I probably would wear about three sizes smaller of a shirt. <laughs> but um, no, I just I just don't like the feeling of drink 
of drinking like a, a bottle of like Coke, like real Coke. It's just I just I know the sugar, that it's ugh. fucking terrible for me. It it's one of those things where you know, kind of like you described about when you talk about the game, how it fills a void. Like you know, Sunday afternoon, the kid's gone to bed, and then it just it just feels good. When when you're it's like a hot day or something, and you have like a solid cold coke oh yeah it's no, just no there's nothing like it man. no i know and i mean you know you avoid the sugar of the regular one and you have a coke zero and you have like the aspartame and it's like do you want diabetes or do you want cancer like what, <laughs> what one do you want <laughs> take your pick you know so it, yeah it, i just like the cherry flavored one and curly's got a fridge full of it so I had, um I had storium is what we've been playing recently oh that's an that's another one of those things that just solid find eh have you ever now, not I. I mean, you generally, because I know you have never done this. But have you ever gone to a restaurant and you ordered something where you just didn't know what it was? And, no, I've never <laughs> done that. You're like, hey, do you seen- have chicken and <laughs> potatoes? Uh, we have potatoes and chicken. Nope, they must be in a particular <laughs> That's order. That's right, and not touching when they're on the plate. <laughs> Can you serve it to me inside of one of those little baby trays? <laughs> but um, I didn't know what it was, and it just landed in my lap. It is what it is. Here, check it out. And it was fucking perfect. Yeah. It's just perfect. Yeah, so Storium is basically a storytelling platform that uses a very simple uh, card mechanic that basically like the DM or the narrator presents you with a challenge, and then the players write that challenge out as they would have spoken it on the tabletop using these strength and weakness cards that they have in their hands Mm -hmm. to to play against it. Um, So, a couple things. Uh, it's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be to run. It it sounded, and it's a lot easier to play than I thought it was going to be. It yeah. sounded really intimidating. Like, I can write a story, but how can I make it fit into what the parameters were? Yeah. And uh, apparently very easily. I actually just uh, signed up. They do like a, it's a freemium service, right? So I just signed up for uh, one month to see what the deal was. And um, I'm going to start that second game. So we've got like a Fallout game going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to start that second game, Alternate History, World War II. And um, I might even start a third one just to see. That's good. Spread yourself really thin that so works. then that way uh, all the games <laughs> can suffer. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know what? I posted on the Fallout game today that uh, we're waiting for one of the challenges to, to be uh, finished. So the other thing, too, that I really like about it is... Um, sometimes I find if I'm DMing or GMing rather a tabletop game, mm-hmm. if, if, uh, it's gotta be somewhat like never having done standup before, it's gotta be somewhat like standup. Like you can tell when people are kind of feeling it yeah. and you want to keep that going. But then the problem is you can keep a particular feeling going in a tabletop game and you're like, yeah, but this isn't getting us anywhere. Like, yeah. I know you guys really like the theme and I know you guys like where we're playing, but, but we're not advancing. We've been at this for an hour, and we're just still talking about the same kind of tavern thing. Mm-hmm. So the thing I like that Storium does is it breaks it up into those scenes. And it's like, after you've done, it's almost like, it doesn't give me any indicators as narrator, but it's like, okay, this would be a good spot to like move on. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just kind of almost forces you to move on. And now that we're in the first scene of the second act, um, I'm waiting now for, you guys have the first three challenges. Mm. And I'm waiting for uh, somebody to complete that second challenge before I go again. Yeah. But uh, the cool thing about it, though, 
is that I have like this uh, basic synopsis of the arc, right? Yeah. Like what's going to happen with the story. Right. And uh, the way it makes me write the challenges is it'll say, okay, uh, you face the guy. And if you use a strength card, you beat him and it's all good. And if you use a weakness card, uh, you beat him, but he injures you. That's mm -hmm. a, a, a prime example. But then that's easy for combat, but for like, interpersonal or interaction stuff like you guys right. came up against this captain archibald and captain archibald um basically was going to tell you where you were going to take these uh slaves you are transporting a number of slaves and he's going to tell you where to take them and i left it uh so that uh, a strong one you were going to go one way and a weak one you were going to go the other way and you guys figured out how to end that challenge with an uncertain outcome yeah and so now I'm like, fuck. So as a now player... Now I don't know where you're going to go. Yeah, so there's the, um, there's the narrator and then the players. And it seems like narration, if you set it up this way, can rotate. But in our thing, there, there is the, the dedicated DM. And I don't know how that would work. With, like, I, was trying, I was thinking about that for doing the World War II one. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, well, I'm going to have my idea for a story. You're going to have your idea. And what if they're in conflict with each other? Yeah. So that, and, that's, and that's a problem when you do collaborative writing, is that you both have the same ideas, but one of them eventually comes into conflict with each other, and then, so what do you do? Well, that's where Storium is really good. So if you have a couple players that have conflicting ideas on how something goes, there, there's a challenge card, and let's say it requires three cards played. So weakness, strength, or nature. So for instance... Um, I'm playing a ghoul character, so if you're familiar with the Fallout universe, I'm a ghoul. And my uh, strength is I can sneak into the shadows. So I'm thinking I'm this charred half-skeleton man, probably pretty light on my feet. And um, I wrote into my character essentially that people are indifferent to ghouls. They just ignore them because they're inconvenient. So he uses that to his strength um, to slip away into the shadows, basically. Um, so if there's an inconvenient situation or something that we have to play... Um, I can play my strength card and get out of it. Or I can play a wild strength card with whatever fits the story. My weakness uh, is that I'm irradiated because I'm a ghoul. So it's up to me to decide how that's a weakness and how to write it. But that was one of the choosable cards. So I did use that um, and I played a weakness card. So if I wanted to tilt the story in the direction of option A or option B, I can play a strength or a weakness. Or if you have an idea of how you want to progress your character's story or the story at large, without tipping the story one way or another, you can play your nature card. So my guy's nature is he's horny for caps. So basically, I can play my nature card, and I mean, I can write, but it's not like it's going to stop you if you do a poor job of explaining it, but I could write, um, you know, I decided to screw off and go scrounge through the bushes and leave everybody else to make the decision. And then that way, it doesn't weight the story one way or the other. So the other players can choose whether to play a weakness or a strength. But if it's only a one-card challenge, yeah, just like you mentioned, we can leave it open, and then it lands back in your lap to decide what way we go. Yeah. So some of us, uh, especially because a group of uh, people joined us mid-story, so me and another guy had already played through the first act, and the other people jumped in, and they're just getting their feet wet. So a number of them played their move advanced the storyline told like deepen their characters with their story but they played an indifferent outcome so in that way it was up to you to, to move it along so that way they got into the swing of things without yeah. 
herking the story over in one direction or and another. And the cool part is everybody, like, as long as you set the rule up so that everybody writes in past tense, third person, yeah, it reads like a story. Like, when I get a post... Uh, or when I get an email, rather, that there's been a new post and somebody's made a move, mm-hmm. I usually wait until e- either the end of the night or when I'm eating my breakfast. Right. And there's, like, a thing about, like, I'm, I'm reading through an actual story. Well, the first couple of days of us playing that, I was, like, hitting the refresh button on my email about six, seven times I know. Hour. I told these motherfuckers, oh. if, you don't, if you don't move by tonight, I'm going to poke you. Like, there's a, a nudge button where it sends everybody an email. And yeah. if you don't move by then... I'm going to start damaging characters. Storium could be called Wadium because I'm in three. Uh, I signed up for another one, too, because I'm like, yeah. I need to get some more on the go because like it's it's making me want to write more. Um, and then it's like, so I've got the three. I'm in three games and I haven't had the opportunity to make a move in like a week because oh, ours hasn't started yet. Yeah. The other one I've been in for two weeks with a submitted character hasn't started yet. And then uh, ours is, you know, you know, life happens and you can't always run to your computer and type it up. But it, it, if you're going to get into Storium, ex- understand and expect that you are going to be waiting a little while. It's, uh, did you ever play any uh, play-by-email or play-by-post RPGs? No, I didn't have any friends. Is that a, I, I'm too fucking Idacy to understand if that was a slight against me or not. No, that was a self-deprecating burn. But oh, okay. uh, well, it's funnier oh, that you shit. made me explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like you said it. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's all I'm, here in this pamphlet. I'm fried chicken drunk. <laughs> uh, it's all here in this pamphlet. Um, yeah, it's uh, man. It works really well, but it it's it reminds me a lot of uh, uh, the old play by email games. Right. That it's as long as you understand it's not a tabletop RPG and yeah. you're not doing stuff in real time. Yeah. It works so well. Because you get to role play, like I said, it's perfect for me as a dad. Because mm-hmm. I don't really have the opportunity to get out and do a whole lot of tabletop role playing, but I still have that like itch. I just want to play a character and develop story and stuff yeah. like that. Man, I love it. Like it, I was saying, uh, you you wanted to do the the game, and it was in the Fallout universe. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And then it's like, I just I didn't have any creativity in my head. Like I couldn't think of a character. Like and like, I couldn't think of a an archetype or a name or a backstory or anything. And I'm like, oh fuck! Like I can't, I just can't think of anything. And then I'm trying to think of shit, and it wouldn't come to me. And I was getting frustrated. I couldn't think of anything. So I go and I poke through the cards, and it's like nature. And like, so I had a couple options, and I'm like, oh fuck! I don't and the narrator gets to like select the cards too, right? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. You get to like, you kind of get. You give people to... It's kind of like the class creation of any RPG. It's you know? writing prompts. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Are you going to be the ranger or the barbarian or the, the mage? And um, I was sitting there and I wasn't feeling it and I couldn't think of anything. And then all of a sudden, holy shit, I'm going to be a ghoul who could slip into the shadows, but he's irradiated. And then he, he's like motivated by caps and his name is Arnt, you know, bleh, like there's his name. And then you get to write your backstory. And then I wrote like two paragraphs of backstory. And then all of a sudden, I had this character <laughs> with a backstory and a plot in my head for what he's going to do. Yeah. And I was invested in him in 45 seconds. And it was just so funny how like your brain can do that. Trying, trying, trying to think of something. And I can't think of anything, even surface level. And then 15 minutes later, I had a fully fleshed out character who was like, I can't wait to make this guy move. It's a pretty cool platform, man. It's like, really well done. I found this, uh, there's like a, uh, not a tutorial, like a guide, I guess, on uh, formatting. 
like uh, you know how like Wiki has Wiki formatting, Reddit has Reddit formatting. Mm-hmm. It's actually very very similar to uh, Wiki formatting, but uh, I found out that you can put links in, mm-hmm. right? So like for a Fallout game, uh, I would describe that there's a radio playing and that it's such and such song, and somewhere in that sentence, I'd make the link out to the YouTube like recording of that song, so that if you find the little Easter egg, because they're not underlined links. Right, but if you find the little Easter egg, you can like listen to the scene mm. or the music that like is the background of the scene. I like that. Oh Just man, little touches. It's su- It's 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 pretty cool. Um, so I have an idea. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring this up to you because I, I and, and Storium was one of the things that started me thinking this way. So you had said that Storium is like a freemium service. Yes. So catch everyone up to speed. What's a freemium service? Premium service is something that is free, but it's kind of like video games now where you get the air quote full game, but all the DLC costs money. Right. So it's like if you want to use this bare bones, the like $13,000 Honda Civic, here you go. But if you wanted to do anything but, you have to pay for it. And let's say you really like Storium and you, and really, and you really like those you know, premium options and you decide, you know what? I am going to, I'm going to buy this. Uh, how do you go about doing that? Uh, you can either do it uh, by manually purchasing one month at a time or purchasing 12 months worth of a subscription at a discounted rate. And as soon as I saw that, I, I, just, I, got, I got a little, as Curly would put it, my, my face started to get a little itchy. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that, and people have been noticing, you know, paid DLC that's on the disc. You know, you, you buy this video game that you've been waiting six months to come out. You get the disc, you put it in, you're not even connected to the internet, and there's DLC on the disc that you got to pay to open up. That's annoying as fuck. Or you can pay to win certain video games. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to play this RPG. I'm a level one little dude. I'm going to walk around and smack some pigs in the dick, and then I'm going to level <laughs> up and get stronger. Or I can pay $17 and then I'll just get a big old sack of pig dicks that I can turn in and I'll be super strong right away. Yeah. Now, I've been finding things, different apps on my phone or Storium or things like that. And I'm like, you know what? This is actually really good. Like, I'm, I'm into this. I, and I don't know how much it is. And I know there's a, pre, a freemium aspect to it. I'm going to pay. I'm going to buy this. I want, I want to unlock the full experience of it. So then you go like upgrade to pro or whatever it is and you click on it and yet and you always assign a value in your head right yeah oh this is probably going to be like 40 bucks or oh, this will be 17 dollars or this will be 16 bucks everything nowadays is a fucking subscription oh yeah there's no you you don't go into the store anymore and buy call of duty for 89 bucks no now you can buy call of duty for 1742 per three month period charged in a 12 month period that you can cancel anytime and then it's just like i mean you have you either do it or you don't you shit or get off the pot but the thing that's so frustrating is that three times in the last like two weeks i've every now and then i get bored like i'm in bed and i can't sleep so i go on to like the top apps on the itunes store and just download a bunch of apps and see if i like any of them i found this one it's kind of like lumosity like the brain trainer thing it's called elevate and it has you can play it for free and you can use it. Same thing. You got the Honda Civic model, but if you want a windshield, you got to pay for it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? And I had a number in my head. I'm like, if this thing is 30 bucks, maybe even 40 bucks, I could probably get behind it. 
you know, and I go and I'm like, okay, upgrade to pro. I read about what pro did. I click the button upgrade and it's like to upgrade to pro it's fifty three ninety nine. Oh. I'm like, that's a little bit more than I wanted to pay, especially cause it's probably <laughs> going to be in us. And then the rest of the sentence said for a one year subscription. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, like now I don't, I don't even want to play the free game anymore. Cause I know that the pro thing is completely unattainable for me. So I'll give you the other side of that. That's called uh, it's SAAS, Software as a Service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I get why they do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I get why they do it. It makes perfect sense. Well, they, they only do it because of piracy. Because everything's gone to web apps because if it's on the desktop, you'll pirate it. That's, and yeah. I'm the first one to admit that like Far Cry 4 comes out and I'm not going to play multiplayer anyway. I'm not fucking paying 80 bucks for that game. You know, it's just what it is, right? That's, yeah. that's the state of... Uh, Software development now, and it's their pariah. Like, and we talked about like XCOM two when it came out. It was ninety bucks, and now it's on the humble bundle store for like seven bucks. It so pissed me off. But uh, it's one of those things. You, well, okay, as the consumer, then buy it or don't buy it. I mean, you have the choice. No one's forcing you to buy it. I respect that. I get it. It's just funny that I feel like I I shouldn't feel like an old fogey that the world has passed by, but I feel like an old fogey that the world has passed by because. Yeah. This is the way that they're doing it, and it's totally up to them. But I, I hope they're not successful because the thing is, is that, you know, if you value your service and, you know, you, you obviously put time and effort into it and you want to get paid for it just like any of us do. And, you know, rather than if people are going to rip off your game, if you sell it for 20 bucks, so you're going to decide to do it for 20 bucks a year or something like that. And I get as well... How many games have we bought on Steam where we paid full price Fallout 4? If I had to pay three bucks a month for Fallout 4, I would have canceled my subscription after two months and would have saved like 40 bucks. Correct. But it's just, but at the same time, too, if I get something, there was a podcast that I listened to and they did one, maybe two episodes a week. And then they went to um, five episodes a week. And I'm like, and they said that they're doing this thing. They're going to, it's going to be paid. The free episodes will always be free but you can get extra episodes if you pay for them. Okay. And then they gave you a couple trial episodes. I'm like, this is actually really good. You know, I'd give them 20, 30, maybe 50 bucks. And then it was like $13 a month. And it's like, I'm out. Yeah. You know, and the thing is that I under, I can understand the counter argument, you know, well, if you pay $13 a month and you continuously enjoy it, it's worth 13 bucks a month to you. Yeah, but it's not worth it when it gets up to $500, like, you know, 10 months, that's 140 bucks. Or is it? Because, I mean, World of Warcraft's been doing that forever. Absolutely. Right? And it's, it's just one of those things that you have to weigh the cost versus the oh, benefit to you. Absolutely. Right? Like Storium, here's a great example, right? Storium, I think, is like five bucks a month or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, if Storium I, was $50 to unlock the freemium, I'd, who knows if I'll still be playing Storium in 10 months. So that's the gamble I'm taking. But I'd rather give you the 50 bucks than sign up for five bucks a month. See, and... Uh, on the other end of it, I'm, I'm perfectly fine for Storium specifically to sign up for it because I want them to know that Bill, the user, is willing to pay for this service. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to pay you for this game on an ongoing basis. And I don't know. I, I figure it just gives them a better metric so that they can determine what they're going to put back fair, into cause, it. Because that's the, the, disapp- the most disappointing part is that I don't get the services that I decided I wanted. But I was willing to pay for them. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, no, here's what we're offering. And, you know, you have to pay for it, which is fine. But you have to pay for it in the manner in which we want. And it's just like, 
I, I don't know. I don't expect anyone to tailor their options to me, but I, I, I'm not that unique. You know, I'm not... Oh, I hear you. You know, I'm not the only one out there who would have been willing to purchase an item or give someone money for their item um, that isn't able to do so or now isn't willing to do so based on the parameters. And it's just that constant theme of, like, a bunch of assholes are going to rip it off and pirate it. Oh, okay, so we're going to do it this way. Okay, well... Now you're not, you would have got my money either way. If you're worried about not getting my money, you've made it so that you're not getting my money. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Like, I, I, I understand why they do it. And there, an argument could be made, the Fallout 4 argument. If it was a monthly subscription instead of a one-time upfront payment, I would have saved money. Oh, yeah. But, and if, if I'm still paying monthly for it two years later, I'm obviously getting a kick out of it. But yeah, it's weighing the cost versus the benefit. And if it's five bucks a month for Storium, sixty dollars a year, ah, and it's my prerogative. But that game's not worth sixty dollars a year to me. Yeah, which sucks because I would, I really want, I wanted to support them because it was so good. I wanted to give them some money for it, and in yeah. exchange for the extra benefits, but uh, not, not on a monthly basis. Because the thing is, is once you decide to stop giving them money, the fact. If you if you had that subscription for a hundred months and you had given them five hundred dollars, you would be just as quote unquote worthy as someone who just signed up for five bucks. And but you've, you're five hundred dollars deep to them. You're you're more from a monetary standpoint valuable than the average user. But once you stop, once you take the tick out of your arm, yeah, you're you're cast off. You know. But at the end of the day, I mean, they can do whatever the fuck they want. It's just, it's just. Uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna pay them for it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Where like it, everybody and their brothers on Netflix. Well, there's that too. Like, part of me wants to cancel my Netflix subscription because I've wanted to for a while. I just Crave TV for me is so much better. Yeah, I just can't be bothered. It's just too easy. There, you know, the thing is, is that it you it used to be. Man, I can't even get this out. I said a little while ago how everybody advertises that they're the best. Because, well, I mean, why would you pay money to advertise that you're third best, right? Yeah. So, uh, we've got the best stuff. We've got the greatest things. We have this, that, and the other. But I, I feel like when I'm watching Netflix is that I'm, I'm searching for something that doesn't suck. You know? Okay. Rather than finding something that's like, yeah, this is really good. I can't wait to watch this. Yeah. It's just like, ugh, pick something. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then it, it's funny because there's new shit that goes on there every, every month or however often. And it's just, who's watching it? Somebody has to be watching it, but who's watching that stuff? Uh, same people who used to watch the Kardashians and shit like that. You know what I mean? And another funny thing, and I mean, it's probably about licensing and stuff like that, but my wife really likes Law & Order SVU. It's like one of her favorite shows. <laughs> and it's on Netflix, and it wasn't, and all of a sudden one day it was there. Yeah. Seasons like 13, 14, 15, and 16. It's like, well, what about seasons 1 to 12 and like Weird. 17 to 21? It's like... Nah, or Kenny vs. Spenny was on there. Yeah, half yeah, of yeah. season one, season three, and like the tail end of season four. Yeah, and it's like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Man, I just started watching that probably like last weekend or the weekend before. I I watched a couple episodes and I was like, God damn, that's the, a good show. The homies coming this weekend, Mister Correct Robbie Huang is coming. So I told him, I said, when you sleep down in the basement. I'm gonna. I don't have any air ducts, but I'm gonna put them in before the weekend, and I'm just gonna pipe down like the sounds <laughs> of all the Kenny vs. Bunny episodes. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> like that guitar riff at the very beginning. I'm just like, as soon as that came on, oh shit, here it is. 
You said you uh, had something to drop on me. That uh, that was it, the subscription thing. Oh, yeah. I, I, you made the easy parlay because of the uh, freemium part of story. The easy parlay. Yeah. Even. Uh, this weekend, uh, I think it might only be me and Jesse so far, but uh, I have this Goruck thing coming up, right? And uh, so I'm trying to like... Is it called Goruck yourself? No, it's called Goruck. <sighs> they missed an opportunity there. <laughs> And uh, I'm trying to finagle other people into doing it with me because the one thing I found out, like, uh, I can run pretty much forever, but I put this stupid thing on my shoulders and, like, I've been doing it after jits because I feel like if I just walk out my front door, I can just keep going and going and going. But if I do it after jits, it's like after supreme physical activity, it's just different. You're already kind of beat down and tired and whatever. Mm. And so I've been walking up here, like I'll walk from uh, Jits up to here, keep going just to try and get some miles in. And uh, man, it's fucking hard. I think that's what I need. I think I need to make running more difficult for myself. I I can't run. I can only walk quickly. (laughs) And like even then, like even just I'll do like maybe four or five K after Jits or something like that. And I'm fucking done. Like my shoulders are done. That happens to me when I put on like a button up shirt. (laughs) Yeah, super interesting. I can't wait to 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 try it at least because I think it's going to be. I know it's going to be. I mean, it starts at nine at night. It finishes at nine in the morning. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I can already picture the intensity on Jesse's face. Oh yeah, he's going to be ready. No, that's not what we're doing. That's what the actual event is. I'm just going for two hours on Saturday. Oh, even still, I want to just see if I can do it like for like to Wilkes Dam and back. <laughs> yeah. Um, other news. Uh, at the end of this month, I have um, my aptitude test and my interview for the Canadian Armed Forces uh-huh. Reserves. And uh, the Let's interview... see you get in after the phone conversation I had the other day. Yeah. Can you tell me about Mr. Dungey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can. Do you have some time? Is he still calling himself Dungey? Wow, that's crazy. Um, so I got told to get ready for a four-hour interview. Hmm. So what do you figure that's going to be like? Sounds like a four-hour interview to start. Yeah. That's about all I can kind four of hours. What the fuck am I going to talk about for four hours? Honest to God, I, I pray that they didn't Google Bill Dungy yeah. and find the bench cast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just um, so uh, let me know, uh, where do you suspect these space rocks that could fuck up your planet <laughs> would, be, would be coming from? The Russians? <laughs> yeah, good answer. Right this way, sir. <laughs> yeah. You're in. <laughs> but uh, one thing I will tell you is I, uh, I applied to a unit in uh, downtown Hamilton, and they're a signals unit, so it's like uh, they have a couple openings for like an IT-type position. And uh, Is that in the trenches? Is that what IT stands for? Or? I think that's information technology. Oh, okay. I was talking to a guy who went and did the whole physical test thing. And here's the thing, okay? Uh, two things about the physical test. They check your WPM. Uh, and how quick you can get a coffee and get back to your workstation. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you need to go fill up this cup, get back in, minimal spillage. <laughs> uh, so there's maybe, uh, there's a collection of people there. There's, uh, I don't know, 12 people there. And there's this one, uh, I can't remember if I told you this story or not. Yes, you did. Oh, did I? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, this chick failed on the like her first attempt, but like failed in a manner, did not fail while trying. You know, tra- or failed. Gave up? Completely. Okay. But not even gave up, but like full on, like, 
Did you, let me put it like millennial shoulders. Like if, oh. if I had to explain it in one way where you would know what I'm talking about without going any further. Millennial shoulders. Just this fucking defeated. And like the fucking droopy chin down and whatever. And oh man, I thought this guy was going to tear her fucking throat out. But um, anyways, the second um, uh, the second thing I want to tell you about it, where there's this guy and he's uh, already in and he's got to do his physical test, whether it's yearly or I don't know. He's got to do some physical test. Mm-hmm. He's from some artillery unit. And this guy's like 320 pounds. Oh, wow. Like V'd out like a monster. Oh, he's, okay. He's like a foot and a half taller than me. I was going to say, when you said 320 pounds, I no, wasn't picturing a V. No, he's not. It's more like a capital he's, H. He's like 230. He's just a fucking giant. Right? And so I'm like, so what do you do? Like, what's your, what's your trade? Artillery. And what do you do? Well, I lift heavy shit and I put it in big guns. And I was like, awesome. You, sir, <laughs> are in the army. It's like, awesome. But uh, he was asking me, you know, what trade are you applying for? All the information services thing. And I'm going to replace the printers. He was, yeah, you could say, <laughs> technically, because would you agree that words can be weapons? Now, when yeah, you sure, replace the ink cartridges in a printer, boom! are you not placing ammo inside of a... Oh, dude. I'm going to feel like it next time I you do You are that. in print artillery. And, uh... Printillery. The, the guy's like, nice. You still get to kick doors down, but you get to hang out in an air-conditioned truck a lot, too. And I was like, I don't know... About any of that. Is that how you enter the truck? Like, that would get costly to replace the doors every week. I'm like, I kind of just want to fix computers. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen combat, man. But uh, anyways, I used to live in Hamilton. And uh, I haven't lived in Hamilton for fucking 10 years. And uh, this place is on James Street. The Armories is on uh, James Street, right downtown, the thick of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, Brantford's not a small town. Mm-hmm. But compared to like a busier downtown center, yeah, yeah, I live in the country. Yeah, oh yeah, right. And so like they've got the there's a big, uh, huge door that you go through, but the door every time I've been there the door's locked and you got to knock on the door and then somebody comes and lets you in. And so I'm waiting out the front and there's like I had three or four interactions with like not homeless dudes but like they might as well have been. Like the craziest fucking people. And just like... They think the earth is flat and shit? No, just like... Do you, do you know what I mean by the Hamilton strut? Me and Curly used to call it the Hamilton strut when you're walking in. You got the kind of fucking... You're, 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 <laughs> and you're just like you're recently tripping on meth. <laughs> and uh, Both your feet are fighting for control of your gait. Oh, man. The guy like... He's got the... You know the walleye? <laughs> one's looking at you, one's looking for you. <laughs> And uh, so I, first of all, he's down the street a ways by like maybe 15, 20 feet. So I can't tell if he's actually fucking talking to me or if he's talking to somebody just he sees or something like that. He's like, hey, got a sandwich. I'm like, I don't, uh, I'm just trying to get in the armories. (laughs) I just got to go run a bunch. No, not in my EDC. Oh, man. One sandwich. Classic. On the like far left hand side, there's this dude just like kind of passed out. I was just like, I'm not used to Hamilton, bro. Uh, I got to get used to it all over again. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, th- that's a good way to describe <laughs> like engaging with Hamilton is getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, you do totally. Oh, man. There's so many sketchy folk down there. Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, 
I was I was created to be very neurotic when I was a kid, you know? Like it was instilled <laughs> in me like basically to worry about everything. I don't know if that comes out in my character at all. But um all the shit that I thought Branford downtown was like when I was a kid, that's what Hamilton downtown is. Dude. You know what you know what the best downtown I've ever been in, never felt safer in my life? Where? Toronto. Which I, I'd agree with that. Which I did not expect. Sure. I remember we were in a battle of the bands, and we played at like ro- the Roadhouse or something like that. And I remember, like, you know, I knew some people who were in Toronto, and they're like, "Yeah, you want to stay with us or whatever? Like, what are you doing? Because you don't want to be like around. You don't want to be out there like late at night." And then I'm like, "Oh God, why am I gonna die? <laughs> like, you always see shit on the news about like people getting shot in Toronto. It's like it's at the Roadhouse where I'm gonna be, right?" <laughs> and then so like. My cousin had an apartment, so I was going to meet her, and it was about seven or eight blocks or whatever that I was walking, and uh, left the bar, you know, a little tipsy, a little tipsy, at like 2.30 in the morning, like after everything ended, and I'm like, it, it was my Vietnam making those, <laughs> oh, no. making those eight blocks. I was so terrified and just like stealing my resolve for the shit I was going to have to deal with, and true to form... I walked out those doors, and this is before iPhones or like Google Maps and shit. I'm walking, and I'm like, I'm not gonna engage, I'm not gonna make any eye contact. And like one after the other, I'm passing these like really well dressed couples with like <laughs> Starbucks cups that are engaged in like meaningful conversation with each other. 2.30 in the morning on like a Friday, right? And I'm expecting I'm going to be like dealing with like Mad Max crackheads that have like flamethrowers fighting with each other across the street. <laughs> and no, it was just like a bunch of like, you know, like preppy dudes walking. Well, I don't know. Uh, Keats is not necessarily in my books the top author I've ever read. And, you know, 2.30 in the morning. And I was just like, man, I was so nervous about being downtown. And it was like the greatest downtown experience ever. And then probably... I probably wasn't downtown. That's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah, really. It's like, bet you were nowhere near downtown. <laughs> Did I tell you about the uh, the chocolate hockey puck guy? No. Downtown? I, I think I told Curly. I definitely told Curly because I ran up here because I almost Downtown got... Ramford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, this is how I'm going to end off the podcast. Okay. Okay, so I'm out for a run in uh, downtown Ramford, and I've only run into one legit situation in downtown Brantford where there's like a weirdness where, you know, it like pings your radar. Kind oh of thing. yeah. And I've only run into one situation like that. Anyways. Uh, so, you know, beside the library, there's those stairs, dude, you're ending with your story. It's going to be funnier than mine. But the reason I'm cutting in here okay. is that I've had one ping your radar situation in downtown Brantford when I used to work in the kitchen at the sushi restaurant. Yeah. And so I had like a chef jacket, like, stark white chef jacket and black pants. So I'm walking. My grandma lived in the Beckett building. And after there, I was just going to, because I had to work first thing in the morning, the next morning, I was just going to crash at my grandma's house. Yeah. And so I walked from, I don't know what, Sushi on Colburn. I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, yeah, But you yeah. know the one? Yeah, yeah. Down to the Beckett building, which is like right past the bank. It's basically the end of the block that the library's part of. Yeah. And so I throw the garbage out, say goodbye to Jackie. I'm on my way uh, to my grandma. It's just, you know, like a block walk. And all of a sudden I hear, hey, <laughs> hey, you with the jacket. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I'm wearing a jacket. And then I hear just the, like the pitter patter of like steps. And just in the most <laughs> awkward, like, baby ostrich learning to walk manner, I fucking sprint to my grandma's house. 
And then there's like this old Beatrice, who's like this old lady who's sitting in the lobby. And I'm, I don't know what I'm running from. And I'm <laughs> running and I'm like this young kid in like a chef's jacket, like frantically trying to get into an old folks building into the back of building but like that's that's the only time i've had a weird radar ping situation yeah and it was in the exact same location that you're about to describe dude so uh stay away from that area depends on what i'm doing but usually like i'll uh i'll run those stairs like i do like kind of if one lap is running down and running up i do five laps okay and so there's this dude and uh he's if you go down halfway down the stairs there's a bench and he's, he's on the bench, he's talking to some people, and I'm just minding my own business. We go back and forth, back and forth. And then on my way back down, I notice those people fucked off, and now he's like kind of in the middle of the stairs, and I'm running <laughs> down the stairs. So I'm going to bump into this guy. I got to, you know, I pop a headphone out, and uh, he is disheveled. Okay. And uh, he says, hey, uh, you like chocolate? Oh, God. Did he and, put his hand in his bum or something? And so I'm like, yeah. Oh, you don't? No, you don't say yeah. <laughs> he I'm goes, good. I got some chocolate for you. You, uh, you like hockey? And I was like, yes. And he's like, what's your favorite team? Toronto Maple Leafs. And he goes, well, I already gave the Leafs away. What's next? I went, Florida Panthers. Because I'm just like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Florida Panthers. He Hartford goes, Whalers. He goes, hold on a minute. He gets this, uh, he's got a bandana in his uh, inside, like, uh, jacket pocket, on the inside jacket oh, pocket. Oh, good. Yeah, that's where you keep food. And he fucking gets this thing out, and he, or he unfolds the bandana, right? And this is a sweet story if you consider, like, I guess the sentiment behind it. Oh, sure. Okay. okay. And so he's like, listen, I got the Florida Panthers right here. It's a chocolate hockey puck. I've been giving these away all day. Would you take this from me? And I'm thinking, okay, because now what? Is this going to cost me five bucks? Or like, what's... Yeah, what's the end game? What are we getting at? Sure, I'll take it from you. And he's like, wow, that's great, man. You know, uh, what are you doing here, running? I'm like, trying to. And uh, he's like, well, can I show you something? I'm like, here comes his dick, for sure, (laughs) right? Was it his dick? No, he goes... uh, uh, First, he rolled his sleeves up. And he's like, kind of showing me his forearms and shit. And he's like... He said the word epic. And he's like, man, like you're running right now. It's really epic, right? Like you're training. Let me show you this. So then he takes the jacket off, takes his shirt off. Did he, did he spit a pint of blood in your mouth? And he's like, now he's like a fully grown man standing in front of me, flexing like this, like with his arms up like a fucking. Like, Was it ravishing Rick Rude? Like my four-year-old does. Standing like this. He's like, look at this, man. I'm working out like crazy. I'm working out like crazy, bro. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, you look great, dude. And he's like, yeah, you want to fight? And I was like, no, I'm running. Hey, here's a I literally Florida said to Panthers him, hockey puck. Yep, no, I'm on a run. He goes, well, where are you running to? It's way up the street there, and then I'm going to come back. Well, I'll wait right here. Stop on your way back, and we'll fight. And I was like, all right. And then he fucking, he was like, oh, hold on. Gave me the Florida Panthers thing. He was like, all right, I'll be right here. And then I just fucking ran up the stairs and ran all the way to the bench, and I was like, Curly. There's a strong possibility I'm going to get shanked on the way home. <laughs> he was like, talk to me when you get home, bro. I think have, man. the weirdest part of that story to me. Not funny. Weird. Was, was that he had the Florida Panthers. He had whole, he had like, like, did he have all 30 teams? He, a good collection. Solid. So where did he get that from? I have no idea. I still have it in my house. I couldn't throw it out. 
because I did like, you open it up? No, fuck no. Is it actual chocolate? Yeah, I didn't taste it, but it looks like chocolate. Like, I is d- there a human body part enrobed in that chocolate? <laughs> no, it's like that'd little, be a good way to get rid of a body in little quarter-sized hockey pucks. It of would chocolate? take a fuckload of hockey pucks, but and then offer it to random runners before you fight them. Yeah, they'd never be able to track that shit down. Unless you said it's the guy beside the library trying to fight everybody. Yeah, shit. Okay, I got to work on that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? This you ha- know what? You know what? This hasn't been recording the whole time. Wouldn't, has. That, wouldn't that be funny? I think so. No, it wouldn't be. I'd- I looked over and that, that power bar is not on. Yeah, dude, I can hear my fuck. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? Now my fucking... <laughs> your spidey scent, your palms are getting all sweaty. I still haven't fixed this laptop to Windows. Does uh, it make you want to cry? This is a strong outro, eh? This is good. Strong. You know what's awesome? And this, strong, This powerful. is what I think powerful. is the, the hallmark of a good Benchcast episode. What's that? Um, the the uh, Just a strong build. And then when we're dedicated to what we're talking about, and we're really into the story... Let me just bring it to a screeching halt right at the end.